Wide Owl Nation, you are now listening to the Owl Chat Podcast, your one-stop shop for everything Kennesaw State Athletics, with your hosts, Kai Millette and John Finer. Happy Thursday. It is midweek time here on the Owl Chat Podcast. Kind of falls in a weird spot of the week for us because there's a men's basketball game tonight um, as of the day of this recording that, you know, we don't know the results of, um, but this will go up on Thursday after the men's basketball game. So don't be, you know, weirded out or surprised when we don't talk about our 20-point win over North Alabama. Um, But we're going to preview Central Arkansas today, talk about a whole bunch of other stuff. Um, but anyways, I'm joined as always by my co-host and partner, Mr. John Finer and producer Nick. John, how are we doing today? Doing good, man. It's about to get weirder because I think there's a women's basketball game on the road against uh, North Alabama today as well. So uh, we have that to uh, look forward to and we don't know the results when this is going to be airing. So sure is chance for uh, both teams to go five and one. So big stuff. But um, anyways, go ahead and start with some of the other sports just around Kennesaw State. Um, before we get into the meat of our discussions. Um, so for soccer, continuing to keep you guys updated. There's still no named head coach, um, but we will continue monitoring that situation. Um, for tennis, we do finally have some news. Um, no uh, results out of the men's or women's side this week, but the men will pick up play at home against West Alabama on Wednesday, January 31st, while the women will open their spring season a little earlier against UAB on the 26th and Louisville on the 28th, uh, both on the road. Track and cross country competed at the Samford multi-meet with the highlights being Jordan Fick from the men's side winning the pole vault and Olivia Brown from the women's side winning the 60 meter uh, hurdles. Um, and then lacrosse, we finally have some news. It's been a minute since we've heard anything out of that sport. Um, Hannah Barth was named preseason all-conference for the first time in her career. Um, and they pick up play in less than two weeks against uh, Amir Abdur Rahim University uh, in Kennesaw on February 3rd. And then just some other news and notes that we wanted to talk about um, before we moved on. Uh, There was an interesting development that came out in the news. Uh, Cobb County is planning on building a $50 million event center uh, that holds 8,000 people. It plans to host graduation, concerts, ETC. will be located in Marietta, I think less than three minutes away from the Marietta campus. Um, Probably not anything directly KSU related outside of maybe Marietta campus graduation, um, but still definitely worth a note. Um, And then a graphic that came out um earlier this week that good friend of the show Carrick pointed out to us um listing just the different schools um and how much each student pays to subsidize the athletic department per school and KSU ranked the third lowest in all of um the FBS um I as a student can tell you directly right now that what I pay with Hope Scholarship which I don't know exactly how much you know tuition goes towards the athletic department but I know I pay a $221 um, athletic fee every semester. And that is the extent of my knowledge, but John, any thoughts on that? Yeah. I'm just glad I don't have to pay anything anymore. So, uh, you know, I didn't have, we didn't have football when I attended. So that was probably a relief for me as well. Yeah, I mean, man, beauty of KSU is, you know, I'll graduate with no debt. So, <laughs> you know, quick leg up on, uh, a lot of people. There you go. You know, we can get, you know, especially in sports that don't have full scholarships like baseball, that could very well be, you know, helpful in keeping, you know, kids in school and, uh, you know, even expanding perhaps scholarships to other kids as well. Right. Well, uh, give credit to Tony Altimore, who made the graphic um, on Twitter. Uh, all I took from this is KSU is a cheap school to attend. It wasn't like, a, you know, 
the athletic department is stingy or anything. That's not the message I got from it. I got that um, KSU is an affordable option for students in Georgia, which it is. Um, but yeah, still interesting stuff. And glad we're not last, I guess, but also as a student, you know, uh, I'm cheap and I don't want to pay. So uh, yeah, me as well. You know, I don't want you guys to have to pay. Okay, I'm just lying. I don't give a damn. But you know, I, I hope they jack it up just so we can get some more money flowing. Come on, raise the prices, guys. Come on. I'm sure you do, John. I'm I'm not struggling out here or anything with my $30 mic. No, not not at all. And I have the same mic that you do. So we're all having the uh the whole toner mic, uh J Mac uh on our basketball side. I got the same mic as well. So if you guys hate our mics, you're hating on all of us. Just letting you all know that. Except yeah, for me. Nice in here. Yes, except for Nick. He has his own special mic. He likes to listen to himself while he talks. So the uh the baseball news is finally starting to trickle in a little bit. Why don't you tell us about the uh upcoming first pitch dinner? Yeah, we have a first pitch dinner coming up every year. They host this. It's like a it's a fundraiser basically for the baseball team. Um, you know, pretty much the proceeds go to supporting the program. Um, it's at North Star Church, I believe, or something like that. Uh tickets are 200 per head. Um, Ned Yost, uh, former Braves third base coach and World Series winning manager, I believe, with the Royals. It's on Friday, February 2nd, so go ahead and order your tickets. Um, there will be, you know, good food as usual. Uh, steaks, cheesecake is kind of what they usually have, chicken, all that kind of stuff. So can never really complain about the food. Uh, but, yeah, if you want to support the program, buy a, uh, buy a ticket for uh, the first pitch dinner. Um, have you been to any of those, Kai? I have not, no, but I know you're a regular attendee, right? Yes, I went to the first one where I asked uh, John Smoltz to do a drum solo. Um, he declined um, and uh, went to the second one, which was uh, Billy Ripkin. Cal Ripkin's brother was the speaker. So this year we have Ned Ghost. At least we'll have some, you know, hopefully some 90s Braves stories uh, to be had there at least. So, yeah, um, and I would encourage, you know, those who support the program to go out and attend. That being said, like we've already established, I don't always have $200 just lying around to spend, you know, at this stage in my life, but, you know, get out there and uh, go say hi to John for me. Yes, absolutely. Everyone come up to me and, you know, make me feel special. That'd be awesome. Uh, but we have a, uh, we have some football news. Um, Klein Oak high school quarterback, uh, Lucas Shearhorn will be going on an official visit this weekend. Um, I don't think there's any relationship between Klein Oak and assistant coach Liam Klein, but if there is, that is sneaky clever. Um, there's no word on if he has an offer or if he'll get one this weekend, but usually they don't invite kids on official visits with no plans for offering or anything like that. Um, Lucas Shearhorn lists himself at uh, 61190 with a 4.4940 on his Twitter bio. He lists offers from Valparaiso and a bunch of uh, non-D1. So that's something to keep an eye on this weekend. Uh, this past weekend, uh, Kennesaw State got a commitment from defensive backs athlete Jake Jones. That's Jake with a Y, J-A-Y-K-E, which I believe is short for Jacob of Trinity Christian in Jacksonville, Florida. He listed offers from Amir Abdurrahim University, uh, Florida International, Western Carolina, Grambling State, Bethune-Cookman, and non-scholarship Stetson. So uh, welcome to the family. Welcome to the nest, Jake Jones. Um, in some more football news, we're you know going out on a limb here. Um, I decided to try a new segment uh, for you guys who... 
uh, might be familiar with David Letterman uh, from late night TV fame and his uh, top 10 lists, uh, which he made famous, you know, where he chooses a topic and then his writers write some clever stuff and then he reads it, takes all the credit for it. And um, everybody laughs. He throws his cards. He uh, has a good time. Um Letterman is now known for just having a nice beard. I don't know what he's doing anymore, but um, I decided to put together a list and we'll see how this goes. It, instead of doing a top 10 list, which would just be a straight ripoff of Mr. Letterman, we are doing a top 11 list. Kai. Yeah. Uh, for the record to the audience, this is totally experimental, but it has been screened and approved by others within the podcast. So just so y'all know, but let's hear it, John. I'm excited. Yes, yes. Well, 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 full full disclosure, you know, I I may have given, you know, some of the content to some other people on this podcast. Others- Not everybody. Not everybody. Not everybody. Others might be enjoying this for the first time and are very scared to what is about to happen. So um, the subject of this top 11 list, things we're looking for in an offensive coordinator candidate. Number 11. This candidate will use the term eat at least three times each day when not actually eating. All right, come on. That one stick. Okay. Number 10, this candidate can find a workaround to get the ball in play without having to snap it. Number nine, this individual must not tolerate any discrimination against redheads. I'm very serious there. Uh, number eight, understands that 25 consecutive running plays is necessary to set up the pass. Number seven, must have the balls to say hootie muffuggin' who on live television when KSU wins bowl game number one. Number six, has an, it must have an instinctual distrust of the tight end position. Number five, considers third and 20 to be a prime fullback dive opportunity. Number four, is able to translate fifth, third stadium into decimals. Number three, must never under any circumstances accidentally call Davis Bryson, Bryson Davis, or bad things will happen. Number two, special consideration for those who are willing to work for free. And the number one reason, the number one thing we're looking for in an offensive coordinator candidate this person must be able to name and identify the greatest college football coach of all time and explain why it's Paul Johnson. <laughs> there you have it. Our first ever top 11 list. Boys, any thoughts? John, I want to give you a lot of props because in the, in the harshest and most ironic way, that was the essence of Kennesaw State football right there. Summed up in 11 negative points. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, some of them were actually pretty positive. And I, you know, I kept some on the cutting room floor, such yeah. as uh, satirical you know, points, not negative points. Satirical points, yes. Must be must use bacon and potatoes in all QB scrambles. So I kept that one on the cutting room floor. Um, must have never consulted Elon Musk on the rocket toss. Um, so you know, we were, we were <laughs> workshopping these. Um, so Nick, uh, what were your thoughts? Good job, John. I'm <laughs> proud of you. You made it. You made it through a segment of making a bunch of typical John jokes, and you you didn't really even like stop to laugh at anyone. You you kind of you kind of kept them rolling. So I I I applaud you. That was a was a very fun and entertaining uh 
list. There was one that you sent yesterday that was not included, and I still think it should be included because okay. I think it was the best one of them all. What's that? I believe it had to do with uh, the potential coach being a non-U.S. citizen, so they could not leave our team for the uh for one of the service academies <laughs> that one was solid and had strong consideration but again only 11 can make the list very very nicely done john i i applaud your efforts yes very looking forward to listener feedback on these obviously we can't do these every week but you know if you think of any subjects feel free to send them over i would come love up to with your own that would be fun topic tuesday idea maybe 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 in the future, everybody can, uh, you know, contribute some uh, some of these and we can do a uh, do a list when the right time comes. So I would love to see theoretical lists um, on what coaches would be on which side of each question. (laughs) I think that'd be a lot of fun. (laughs) Absolutely. Uh, We got some and some women's basketball news. Um, Well, we have a possible commitment. Um, Megan Reed, a 6'1 forward center from Etowah High School, will be attending Kennesaw State. Um, she's 6'1 and good at basketball, but I could not find any evidence of her following the KSU coaches and vice versa. And one of the, the Etowah account tweeted that she will be attending Kennesaw State and majoring in architecture or something. So I I don't know if that means she'll be playing, but until I hear otherwise, I'm just going to put her on the, on the spreadsheet at ksuhowell.com and, uh, and go with it. So what you're saying is she might just be a high school basketball player who is now attending Kennesaw State. She might. And she, and you know, it's still worth noting. She could walk on. I mean, yeah. I don't think we turned down a, you know, a six, one player that has any kind of talent whatsoever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I found her on like recruiting sites, that kind of thing. And this uh, this guy who runs like a women's basketball recruiting blog um, with, you know, all the transfers, I forget his name. He listed Raul or something like that. He listed her on there. So maybe he knows something. But yeah, um, until I hear something definitive and we see KSU tweet something out, you know, I don't want to, you know, make it officially official. Dogwood Golf Club is a truly unique hybrid golf club conveniently located near Smyrna, Vinings, and Marietta. The course is hybrid because they offer membership and daily fee play. Their championship course is challenging for all levels of golfers and is frequently used for practice by some golf teams from a local university. Dogwood is a longtime supporter of all things Kennesaw. Be sure to visit their website at dogwoodgolfclub.com. Dogwood Golf Club an official sponsor of the Owl Chat Podcast. In some other women's basketball news, we have some results from last week. Uh, they were very mixed. We had a win um, against Stetson, 63-48 on the road. Uh, this was the Carly Hooks game, where she went off with 31 points and 11-21 shooting and 8 of 8 from the free throw line. Uh, she also added what I can only assume is a career-best 14 rebounds. Uh, her her season high was 10. Um, Princess Harden had another double with 14 and 13. The Owls shot 45%, held Stetson to 35%. Um, I did not watch, but the underlying turno- assist turnover numbers continue to be concerning for me. Five assists, 21 turnovers. Uh, the difference in the game appeared to be a plus 18 rebounding differential for KSU. And KSU shooting 15 of 17 from the foul line, while Stetson shot a miserable nine of 24. Uh, The Owls also forced 16 turnovers. 
A few days later, against the cream of the crop, FGCU Eagles, the Owls lost by 28. Uh, Carly Hooks only played 11 minutes. Uh, not that it would have mattered, but I think uh, someone mentioned to me she was dealing with some kind of injury during the game. I don't have any details there. Hope it's not too nagging. Uh, Kayla Massip got the start for a usual starter, Kendall Golden at center, which, you know, probably is a matchup reason because of FGCU's style of play. Morgan Dillard was the only KSU player to scratch double figures with 22 points on uh, 90% shooting. Yes, 9 of 10 shooting. Incredible. Uh, which her 22 points are more than double her season high with the Owls. Uh, KSU had another good night at the line, shooting 11 of 14. Uh, but again, only two three-pointers made. Uh, the seven assists to 15 turnovers is, once again, not the best ratio. Uh, the Owls shot 53.1% from the field, but allowed FGCU to shoot over 61% in all four quarters, including, I think, one, like the first quarter, I think was like 75%. So that's not good enough for sure. Led to an early deficit. Uh, FGCU played without their third leading scorer, Maddie Antonucci, which is really fun to say, by the way. Um, the Lady Owls will play, actually played last night on the road. We don't know the results yet because of our recording. Um, so hopefully we can get a win there. Uh, the next game is 2 p.m. on Saturday at home against Central Arkansas. Um, so Central Arkansas, you know, they, they are like a top four or five team, maybe better in the conference so far this year. You wouldn't expect that. Uh, but is that pink day, guys? I believe so. The next home game is, right? Yeah. Um, so, Kai, what do you, you know, we have a lot of women's basketball to discuss. Uh, which leads us right into Topic Tuesday. So what uh, we're going to do is we are going to read off everybody's answers, and then Kai and I will you know, discuss the subject along with producer Nick. So the first Topic Tuesday question, and this is where every Tuesday we pose one or two parts and listeners reply or DM us or anything like that, your thoughts on what we're asking you. The first Topic Tuesday question, has your level of interest and or expectation for the women's basketball team grown, um, I guess that's implied with, you know, the recent success. Uh, the first answer, Chaz D says, I've been a member of the band since COVID season before Coach Blue was head coach, and I've seen the ups and downs of the program. Well, Chaz, first off, I've been a fan since way before that, and I've seen I've seen a lot of downs. Uh, but anyways, back to that, there has been amazing leadership in the program in the last few years, and it's certainly showing I'm more than excited that we are keeping Coach Blue. She has fantastic energy and knows how to bring out the inner depth of success from a team. She also knows how to recruit some quality team players. I would be amiss to say simply because we are tied for second in conference, that means we have a huge chance to make a run for the conference championship. Uh, however, that would be amazing, Chas says, but I think these girls are going to be much more prepared for Conference USA than any of our previous women's basketball teams were, even if we don't see immediate success stepping into the conference next spring. Kai. Yeah, I just want to step in. I'll let you keep flowing. I just want to say, and I'm sure Nick will agree with me, if there's anybody who pays attention to the women's basketball program and just like knows what's going on, it's the band because they're at all of those conference games before the men's games, you know? I did basketball bands. Those were the days when, honestly, we were looking forward to watching the women more than we were watching the, the, the men. I mean, with some of those Coach B teams, they were just fun. And I've always loved watching those women's games because of exactly what Chaz said. Like, you just get that exposure to them from being in the band. Yeah, Coach B was fun. She definitely brought in a lot of shooters. Um, and, you know, just to comment on um, 
you know, Chaz's point uh, about, you know, don't expect, you know, to have a huge chance to make a run in the conference championship. That is because FGCU is just an amazing every year. They move the ball. They're literally like a top 25 caliber team. So it basically, you know, beating them would basically be the equivalent of like a 15 to 2, 16 to 1, you know, update, uh, you know, upset, uh, that kind of thing in play. Um, Isaac F says, I have expected growth as Coach Blue has been here a few years. Nice to see we are playing well in the conference. I'm still convinced we need to give her another year to see more results. That's just my opinion. Well, Isaac, you know, she's definitely going to get another year, so no worries there. Um, Travis H says, I'm buying stock in women's basketball coach blue four and one in conference. And two of our losses have been by six points or fewer. We are a couple of bounces away from having two teams with winning records. Um, well, I'm trying to take that one in. Um, oh yeah. Overall winning records. I was thinking, uh, conference only, uh, winning records. So yes, you're absolutely right. Um, that Georgetown game uh, was a tough loss that we probably should have won. We were pretty close with Chattanooga. Um, so there are definitely some games there. Uh, Garrett B says, I've been here for 15 years, not going anywhere. When asked about his expectations and all that kind of stuff. Uh, Chandler W says, interest has always stayed the same as a diehard, but expectations are a little higher. Coach Blue's first true developed player looks to be a star, uh, Princess Harden. Uh, so future should be followed with higher goals. Um, well, Princess Harden, I believe, was uh, one of the is the last holdover from Coach uh, Baronado. But if you want to give Coach Blue credit for the development, absolutely. Um, we have and yeah, that's pretty much all for the uh, basketball topic. Um, so uh, you guys were taking all of this in. So Kai, go for it. Yeah. Um, so the obvious point is Florida Gulf Coast is a juggernaut. I don't know if you've looked at their in-conference results so far this year, but their closest game was a 15-point win over Stetson, and they've had like some 30-point blowouts. It's like they're they're just leagues ahead of everybody else in the conference. Um, but that being said, I don't think it's unfair to shift expectations a little bit. Um, not necessarily when it comes to comparing it to last year, but um, what we thought this team was going to be at the beginning of the season, we kind of gave them grace. We're like, okay, you know, they put together a good run last year and we all kind of bought into coach blue because let's be honest here. Kennesaw state women's basketball is a tough gig. Like this is a tough place to win. Um, and you know, we had a winning record in conference, which is something we hadn't done before, before last year. Um, if I remember correctly, and now <clears throat> this year we, you know, lose our production in, uh, Whitfield. Um, and we're like, you know, what's this going to be? Um, and we've got a tough non-conference slate that kind of beats us up and we stick together when our first four games in conference and we're four and one and tied for second right now. Like who's to say we couldn't go 10 and eight or 11 and seven again. Like, I'm not saying the expectation is win the tournament and go to the dance, but um, you know, let's, let's start focusing on, let's finish with a winning record in conference again. Yeah. And, you know, I, I'm a little bit bearish on the team right now. Um, I do think Coach Blue is doing a hell of a job. I think she's a great person. She's got these girls ready to play. She has them playing so hard, playing together so well. Um, you know, we we almost beat Georgetown, which is like an RPI 100-ish team. Um, beat Providence, you know, albeit, you know, kind of that miracle um, at the end that is number 130. 
Um, you know, as far as teams we've beaten in conference, um, I'm going by RPI, not net. We've beaten 245, 263, 316, and 353. So, and we're around the 200 mark in RPI. So, um, you know, I, I think it's too early to really, you know, say, like, oh, okay, we're going to continue, you know, this four and one pace. Go ahead, Nick. Right. I, I'm really surprised by that answer, John. I'm not going to lie because I don't know how we can possibly be bearish with this team based on what we've seen on the court. Like they went toe to toe with two very good big East teams to close out the con the non-con schedule. And they have been playing together. It's not been fluky wins. They're playing as a team and they're developing and they're growing. Yeah. And you see the growth when you watch them on the court FGCU. I don't think like in all seriousness, I didn't have expectations going into that game because I know what kind of team that is tonight against they're they're playing UNA on the road. That should be another win for them. The way that they are playing and the swagger that they're playing with. I wouldn't be surprised if you see uh, princess Harden go out and put up another huge game. I mean, like Carly hooks too. both no, of them I have been playing lights out. Like I, I just, they have found their groove. They are developing in a way not obviously the same positionally as TB and Damon, but the two of them are finding ways to complement each other's game. And it's just, it's shining on the court. And, and don't get me wrong. I, I do think we're definitely like a top half of the A-Sun team, possibly A-Sun league, possibly, you know, top, you know, three or four type team. Uh, but I'm looking at some of the underlying, you know, metrics and, you know, it just has me, you know, concerned. All I'm saying is that the four and one, I'm not extrapolating that to, you know what I mean? Like 16 and four, you know what I mean? I'm saying I don't expect that kind of pace to keep up. And I'm not sure if anybody is, but, you know, I just looking, I went through the numbers and we have 170 assists and 336 turnovers as a team. That's essentially one assist for every two turnovers. That's, that's horrible. That's number 332 out of 348 in the country and assist to turnover ratio. Um, we're number 299 in field goal percentage, uh, 343 out of 348 in the country in field goal in three-point field goal percentage at 22.7, and second to last in three-point field goals made per game at 2.61. What we are doing right is we're playing hard. Um, we're playing, you know, together. We're making winning plays when it counts. We're rebounding the ball well. We've improved our our free throw shooting. Um, all of that kind of stuff. We're just, you know, we're more athletic, maybe a little bit bigger than a lot of the other teams in our league. I just can't stop coming back to those turnover numbers, the lack of three-point shooting, and just think, I, I feel like the other, you know, it, it just, you know, it, it could flip at any time. Yeah, um, I think that's, I think your criticisms are fair. Like there are issues and I agree with you. Like they're not going to continue on this pace. They're not going to finish 14 and four in conference, yeah. um, but they don't have to. And when you look at the schedule, it's actually pretty favorable. I mean, like the teams you go play on the road, you play like the North Floridas, the Queens, the Jacksonvilles, you know, teams that you could beat on the road regardless of opponent. Um, and then the teams you play at home are some of the tougher ones in conference. Like you get Lipscomb at home, you get central Arkansas at home, yeah. you get Stetson at home again, you get Florida Gulf coast at home for whatever that's worth. Um, yeah. It's, it's no sin to win Kai. Um, you know, we can't, I'm not discounting the wins, you know, we we're taking care of business and that's something that we probably, you know, didn't do in past seasons. Like even when we played Mercer this year, you know, we kind of shit the bed a little bit, but you know, that's non-conference. So that's okay. Obviously you want to beat an in-state rival, but you know, we're taking care of the games we should take care of. And that's what, 
you know, even not great teams do, but, you know, above average teams do. And I think this team is, you know, in the A-Sun, we're looking at above average. Um, I still, you know, I want to see us play Central Arkansas. I want to see us play Lipscomb. I want to see us play Eastern Kentucky because, you know, we can rule out like the game against Queens, right? They're garbage. Um, you know, FGCU, we can rule out both of those games. I'm sorry, we're not winning that barring a miracle. So, you know, like you said, Kai, we have to re- kind of recalibrate the expectations and, you know, beating, I guess, UNF and JU, just looking at the RPIs have been our toughest, you know, tests to date. Yeah. And it starts with the game that's happening, you know, the night of this recording. Uh, it starts with a road win against UNA and then you're five and one and you're going up against, you know, the team you're tied for second with at home, Central Arkansas. And then... Mm-hmm. After that game, we can really start to be like, okay, this might be a top two or three team in the conference, or okay, this might be a sixth or seventh seed. So we'll see. Yeah, I don't think we'll. I don't think we'll drop down to six or seven. I mean, uh, I don't mean immediately, but I mean, you look at the top of the conference. It's not unthinkable that you know we could drop past like an EKU or a you know a Lipscomb yeah. or a Stetson or you know I mean uh, fifth or sixth I should say. Yeah, I mean, I don't I think we're definitely a top half team. There's no doubt we're top half of the team. Just, you know, even when we're not shooting it well, you know, we have athletic players like Princess Harden who can, you know, get the rebound, just cause chaos. Uh, Kendall Golden can block some shots. A lot of teams don't even have a shot blocker, um, you know, and just, you know, honestly, the level of play in the, you know, the lower half of the A sun is just it's not very good. But then again, we are we've competed with like Chattanooga, who's like number 66 RPI, lost by what six? Then we're talking, as we mentioned, Georgetown, we should have won. We beat Providence in the miracle game at 130. So, you know, there's different ways you can cut it. It's not like we're just getting, you know, beating up the bad teams and getting destroyed by, you know, the upper half of teams. So, you know, I do really want to see more and where this goes because, you know, we have to kind of put in the mindset this year and i'll say it again ignore fgcu um you have to just kind of ignore that and kind of play for that that second seed is really you know to me like the number one seed this year um and if we can get the second seed then we're the best of the rest and you know i hate to say that because it's kind of a loser's mentality but you know they're a machine and you know it women's basketball you know i'm no expert it just seems different in men's ba- than men's basketball because there's there's less total players playing so the talent uh disparity between you know you know perhaps really good basketball and really bad basketball is not as much so um you know i think like a like a queens that's like a you know a 320 net or something in men's basketball has a chance to a better chance to beat a higher ranked men's team is what i'm saying Right, right. Good stuff. Um, and, you know, we'll keep a close eye on the women's team and hopefully have a lot more to talk um, about them going forward. But, uh, John, you want to lead into our uh, our next more lighthearted topic? Yeah. And just want to close out that topic by saying we're hoping for a couple wins here this weekend. Keep an eye on the Central Arkansas game because that's going to be perhaps the uh, litmus test for, you know, the rest of the season and where we might stand, especially with the game uh, being at home. So, the next uh, topic Tuesday selection was a little bit more fun. Um, it's best Mexican restaurant in Kennesaw. And you know what? I've opened this up to Kennesaw or surrounding areas because who really knows what's Marietta these days? I mean, I don't I don't know. Or Ackworth. Um, Chaz D says, 
My girlfriend and a few others are slight frequents of this place over on Wade Green called Las Palmas. I don't know if it's a commonly known spot, but we always enjoyed the food there and the service is great. Isaac F. says, Tacos del Chavo, family-run restaurant, used to be on Cobb Parkway, two minutes from the Hooters for reference. And Isaac, you would know where the Hooters is, right? Um, he, Isaac says, used to be in a shack with no AC, only had fans running with outside seating. They've since moved to a bigger spot, but the same great food and service from Raul and team. Um, Garrett says, authentic Tacos del Chavo, but also El Taco Azteca Bar and Grill. Chandler says, I'd either have to go with Las Palmas or El Napolito, depending on what I'm going to the restaurant for. Drew C. says, the best Mexican restaurant in Kennesaw is Fuego Tortillos Guisos and Taqueria. I hope I said that right. Uh, Jacob L. says, I don't know about Mexican food, but Viva Chicken is a Peruvian restaurant. No oh boy, is their food delicious? Trust me on this. Um, you know, Mexican restaurants, Peruvian restaurants, both countries, primary language is Spanish. I'll count it. Uh, KSU Sphere says, Chewy's and Fuego Tortilla Guisos and Taqueria are pretty good. Oh, sorry, Chewy's and Fuego Tortilla Guisos and Taqueria are pretty good. Um, anonymous listener uh, says, Happy Taco off Wade Green is pretty legit. It might be Ackworth, though. Again, we'll count it. Uh, so, Kai, initial thoughts. Uh, great job on the pronunciations, John. Way to, way to get through that. <laughs> kind yeah, I'm of glad through that one to you. And I was like, well, hope he gets through it. I'm glad my uh, two years of college Spanish paid off. There you go. I didn't even take Spanish in high school. That's an American sign language, but that's not important. Um, moving on. Uh, I'll, I had an answer that I had planned that the listeners were going to hate because I'm going to be honest, I'm a big Mexican food guy, but I've never been to one in Kennesaw. Um, that being said, I'm very thankful for all the suggestions. So I was going to say the Moe's in the student center, because that is the only thing I could have counted. But I know people would kill me for that. So I'm going to go with La Perea, which is a spot out in Woodstock. And it's really, really good. It's about five miles from campus. Um, and I have been there several times. So that's kind of just been my go to. Before we go to Nick, I just want to say, uh, Kai, you mentioned you took sign language in high school. Uh, can you uh, show off a little bit for our uh, listeners, the listeners on the uh, podcast? Oh my God, that's incredible. Holy <laughs> shit. Wow. Wow. Wow, Kai, that's amazing. Thank you for displaying that. Uh, Nick, what is your take on the uh, Mexican restaurant situation? I'm glad you uh, gave your unofficial official answer, Kai, because if you did give that as an official answer, I might have gotten food poisoning from your answer. Um, <laughs> Lord knows everyone else has. Um, Tacos del Chavo is uh, is the right answer. Um, so congratulations to all of you out there who did say that. Um, I actually had a professor turn me on to it back when it was in the old location, and he had mentioned um, he's like he's like it's just a little shack like right off of Forty One. You got to go over and see it. And I went over one afternoon, and it did not disappoint at all. Um, I haven't been to the new location though, so I'm gonna have to go. Uh, try that out because it has been a, a minute but uh tacos del chavo would be my answer as well and i'm with kai you know i don't really frequent uh kennesaw too often anymore except for the games and events i don't live in that area but hey now it makes me look way worse because i live here <laughs> yeah exactly but back you know at least you didn't say del taco um so i did have del taco after a game a couple of weeks ago so that is not authentic mexican but Damn it, they make some good tacos. Um, 
But I'm going to have to say Los Reyes, uh, which does not exist anymore. That was in like the town parkway area, kind of by the Zaxby's and the Chevron or whatnot, uh, before they ripped it down and put in like, I think like the Capriati's and all that kind of stuff. For those of you who aren't familiar, it was like a two-story type bar restaurant. I think it was known for letting kids drink underage. They had a little stage. So they had, you know, performers and that kind of thing. It was like a Mexican palace. It was the place to be. We should ask Aaron if he knows about it and if they did any uh, recruiting trips. There. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good. That's a good question. We will do that on Saturday or on uh, on Monday's podcast. We'll see if Aaron has heard of Los Reyes or remembers it because he, he was there should have been asking years. John where the spots were. I mean, this is true. But um, I usually go to places around here in Sandy Springs called Los Rancheros. That's my favorite place. Um, and you know, I'll fling it to you guys for one more question. Um, not just what's your favorite restaurant. What is your go-to Mexican dish because when I go to a Mexican restaurant, I always try the Speedy Gonzalez first. Like the it's like a lunch special. It comes with a taco, a burrito, or an enchilada, and your choice of rice or beans. So I go with that and I always go with the rice. I'm glad we share that, John, because I have my go-to at every restaurant too. Uh I my first time at any Mexican restaurant, I have to try their chimichanga. Big chimichanga guy. They are those are delicious, but you know, trying to trying to keep my diet somewhat. I don't want to uh don't want to get too much off that. So chimichanga might be too much for me right now, especially the deep fried ones. Uh Nick, what's your go-to? Uh the place that I or the the meal that I judge places off of usually is their chorizo. I think if you make good chorizo, then everything else is gonna be good. My second go-to would probably be like a seafood style burrito. I'm a big seafood guy, but I don't like having the seafood until I know I trust the place. That's probably a good, you know, thing to make sure they don't buy it from like the trunk of a car in Savannah or something like that. Um, that would seem really inefficient if they did that. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. But I also, every Mexican restaurant I go to, like, you know, not like Del Taco or Taco Bell or anything like that, but the actual non-street taco places they all have like their traditional little hot sauces like their tomatilla sauce their house salsa so i always like to try those on the speedy gonzalez and combine with those that's what i judge people off of as well as the chips i'm a i'm a valentina's guy um but i'm more of a see what the salsa is like and if the salsa is made in house it's a big deal the funny thing for me i don't like cold tomatoes for whatever reason like I, i'll do like cooked tomatoes anyway but like salsa verde is my lane especially like the, the hotter the better i can respect it. verde is the verde stuff is usually the medium and mild stuff you know the darker you go the the hotter it gets usually in terms of like burning your face off yes but you can get a spicy salsa verde but anyways this conversation is making me hungry and we're we're getting probably deeper into it than we should be <laughs> there is nothing there is nothing wrong with that you know what i think every week we should kind of end it with straying a little bit from kennesaw and just a random ass topic just like this so one topic tuesday for kennesaw state and maybe one topic tuesday random bullshit can you uh tell it's a slow week you yeah it's a little bit slow you know we <laughs> We need some more Megan Reeds to commit to women's basketball. So, you know, some more maybe on the team, maybe not on the team. So. Shit, man. I might just like shoot her a text or something and be like, hey, are you walking on or what's the deal? We'll figure that out. <laughs> yes. If anybody AFC knows women's Megan. basketball DMs, hey, you up. <laughs> yeah. Are you ready for this? Are we, are we doing this? Are we running it back next year? Or what's going on here, Megan? 
So if you know Megan, somebody tell us, is she on the team? Is she signing? Or is she just being like, you know what? I'm just going to be a student, stay close to home, and you know maybe then do some professional wrestling like former Etowah great uh, Bronson Rex Steiner. <laughs> Seems like a natural progression, but Absolutely. Yeah, it is worth mentioning. She's local. I mean, that's, you know, 10 minutes away at a high school. So, and that's, yeah, that's the advantage that KSU has in different sports. You know, there's a, it's a talent rich area in Cobb and Cherokee and Absolutely. Some, some kids just want to stay close to home. Look at uh, like Jackson Chirillo on the baseball team. You know, it's just, you know, who knows if I don't think we would have gotten him if we were, you know, two more, two hours up the road. So. Right. Absolutely. And just being in Georgia gives us a massive advantage over a lot of other schools and we talked about this before but yeah. no need to get too deep into that discussion yep uh, that's all i got kai all right that's all i got um thank you guys so much for joining and listening to us talk about mexican food for 15 20 minutes um we'll be back on sunday or i guess monday to uh talk about the men's basketball games everybody have a great rest of their week thank you for listening to the owl chat podcast as a reminder, you can follow our hosts on Twitter X at Kai Millette and at KSU Owl Howell. Make sure you're following our show account at Owl Chat Podcast and have notifications turned on so you're up to date on all new OCP episodes. Be sure to check out Kai's publication at BigOwlBlog.com and John's KSU message boards at KSUOwlHowl.com slash forum. Until we return... Stay happy, stay healthy, and as always, Go Owls!